Don't give me a swing, I got mines and that's the thing. Blase, 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 who name Bell Ring? Don't give me your swing, I got mine and that's the thing. Blase, 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 who names Bell I'm happy to report, ladies and gentlemen, the Stupod did not get traded on MLB trade deadline day. We're still here. We were close, though. It may, it may have seemed like we were gone, but we're we're here. Uh, welcome to the Stupod, the Yahoo Sports Baseball Podcast. I'm Mike Oz. I'm Chris Swick. Chris, I feel like we could have gotten something good from the Astros for you. Uh, maybe. I they. I feel like I would have been DFA'd shortly after the deal. Oh, you'd have been the guy. You'd have been the the, the guy taking up roster space. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know. At, at this point, they could probably use me. They just need fresh bodies in there. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this week on the podcast, we're going to talk about the trade deadline a little bit. We have a, a guest, uh, pleasure to have joining us, Ryan Sandberg. He's pretty good, you know, Hall of Famer. Uh, played for the Cubs, obviously, and uh, the Cubs are doing pretty good lately. So I think we have a lot of stuff to talk about with him. Uh, Chris and I are going to talk about some of the more interesting stories of the week from our perspective. Uh, we got a little bit of well, a little bit of Donald Trump in there, a little bit of Pete Rose. Um, oh, Chris, I have a I have a game for you. I have a game for you this week. Okay, That's going to be good. I'm excited about it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, lots lots coming up on the podcast. Let's uh, talk to Ryan Sandberg, though. You think so? That sounds good to me. All right, let's do that now. This is a stew pot on Yahoo Sports. I got mines and that's the thing. Blase, blase, blase. Who named Bell Ring? Don't give me your swing. I got mine and that's the thing. Welcome back, everybody, to the Stew Pod on Yahoo Sports. Today we have the pleasure to be joined by Hall of Famer Ryan Sandberg, and he is joining us on behalf of Subway, uh, with whom he's doing a groundbreaking for our renovated Little League field in Chicago. Uh, Ryan, when I was reading this, you know, I, I I thought about how much after all these years, like you're still so connected to Chicago. What what makes you? you know, stay so involved with the city and, and do projects like this with Subway? Well, first of all, spending my whole 17 years here, was able to make this a, a home. Uh, my wife and I have just, uh, not this April, but April of 2016, moved full-time uh, to Chicago. Uh, so we're here all the time, and uh, I'm back with the Cubs as their ambassador. So uh, it, it's great to see well, first of all, it's great to partner and, and be working with Subway on this renovation of this uh, Little League field at, uh, at Garfield Park. Uh, new service, dugouts, fencing, and benches. Uh, really, I mean, um, what Subway's uh, model been for all these years is, is to uh, have good health and uh, have an active lifestyle. So it's good to see them stepping up to the plate and, and uh, helping out this community uh, with the Little League field, so I'm, uh, I'll be at there there at the groundbreaking today. Anxious to get that uh, that started and uh, and get the field done so that the Little Leaguers can get out there and uh, and play the game of baseball. Uh, Ryan, there's been a lot of conversation about just getting young people back into the game or, or making sure that they have access to the game. So is that is that kind of the the goal here with the the renovated parks? No question. No question about it. Uh, you know, still today I get out and play with the grandsons, wiffle ball in the front yard, in the driveway, uh, you know, to, uh, to have, to, uh, for Subway to, to help out and, and uh, improve this Little League field. Uh, you know, now it, as soon as it's done, I'll just be uh, up to the parents to get the kids out there, be active, uh, play catch, hit some fungos, uh, all those things that uh, – that uh, 
that is very healthy and uh, and creating a lot of fun with families. So, um, you know, when you get a new baseball field, I mean, for me, that's my eyes light up and they still light up when I see a, a new field being done. And it uh, just makes me want to get out there and uh, throw the ball around a little bit. All right, let's talk some let's talk some Cubs baseball because I think they're they're in an interesting place. Not the not the start of the season that probably a lot of people hoped, but uh, looks like they're you know back in first place, looking like playoff team. Did you have yeah. faith that, that they would they would get back to this point at, at some point? I did. Uh, from day one of spring training, the the whole organization, players included, talk about getting back to the World Series. I know that uh, they've had to make some adjustments and experience a lot and learn a lot being the uh, the reigning champions of last year up to this point. Uh, so it's good to see them uh, right after the All-Star break and maybe the four days away did them good and then to to, uh, to really refocus on their goal that, that's been all year and that's to get back to the World Series. Uh, they have that talent and uh, Theo Epstein uh, continues to um, add pieces uh, to uh, to really uh, help in that in that regard, and uh, so they have the talent right there. So it's good to see what they're doing now. So uh, with the uh, with the division that they're in, uh, I think they sit very well. Uh, we've seen the Cubs put together strong cores in the past and have some strong players in the past. So what do you feel like has been the difference this time around? Uh, I would say just uh, for me, just getting the right the right players together. Uh, what I've seen uh, since I've rejoined the team and halfway through 2015 is character players, uh, a very high standard of character and and team concept. Really getting them at young ages, uh, drafting the right people. So the scouting department, uh, along with Theo, have done a tremendous job in their picks. Uh, when they did have the high picks, and to see them very short time in the minor leagues uh, really grow up and and being taught at the minor league level in the farm system what it what it is to be a Chicago Cub and uh, and setting that standard. I mean, uh, when you look around the diamond, you have the Rizzo's and the Bryant's and Addison Russells and Javi Baez and Schwarber's, uh, just to name a few. Uh, these young guys are uh, just a class acts on and off the field, and they're all about uh, what Cubs baseball is. So very impressed with that, uh, along with the fact that, uh, you know, last year and, uh, and even this year, really, really no weakness on the roster. So it's, uh, it's basically been up to the players as they rose to the occasion last year and, uh, and still, still uh, have that kind of talent to rise the occasion this year. It's, uh, you know, it's a total organ, organ, uh, organized uh, job done by 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 the top, and uh, it's all filtered down. Well, I, I know uh, one of the big things they were able to do was was pick up Jose Quintana from the White Sox, and I'm I'm from Chicago. I have fans of both teams in my family, and so it's always a big deal to them, at least, when the Cubs and White Sox make a trade. Were you surprised that they were able to yeah. make such a giant deal this year? I was. Yeah, well, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, yeah, it's one of those things. If you're if you're here in Chicago, uh, it'd be hard to imagine. Uh, you see a, a very very top notch quality pitcher go in a in a season where the Cubs have a chance to repeat uh, 
to go to the north side. But then again, as I looked at the, both sides of the deal, I think it was a very good deal for the White Sox as well with, uh, with uh, I believe, four, it was it three or four uh, young prospects. And, you know, the Cubs have, have been a team that uh, the teams have talked to about, about making deals because of their farm system. So uh, all in all, I think it was good for, very, for both teams. Uh, but on the north side here, I think it was a really a big, a big shot in the arm as far as uh, adding a starting pitcher of his, of his caliber, and he's pitched well up till now. So, yeah, somewhat surprised, but uh, like I say, I think it was good for both. So Ryan, yesterday after uh, you know the, the the Dodgers got you Darvish, that was a that was a big move. I think that sent some sent some waves around the league. I think a lot of people looking at the Dodgers now as the team to beat, but. I mean, the National League has some, some good teams. I mean, the Nats are good. The Cubs are obviously good. Yep. The Rockies and D-backs. Uh, as you look around, and, and maybe you can be biased here if you want, but which team do you think has the best chance to, to take on the Dodgers and beat them? Uh, well, I, I'd go with the, well, I would have to go with the defending champs. and uh, <laughs> uh, The Cubs were, were, were picked right out of spring training with their talent to go very, very far, if not back to the World Series. Uh, as everybody viewed them, uh, so uh, I, yeah, I, I still have to uh, to think that the Cubs are the cream of the crop. Also, really like the rise of the other teams, uh, like the Diamondbacks, uh, like the like the Brewers up to this point. You know, uh, it's good to see it's good to see the young players and and the teams uh, have some parity out there, and and it, it, it's really set up for a very good uh, September down the stretch uh, with the format of the uh, of the two wild cards and, and just getting into the playoffs. There's going to be so many teams and, and, maybe, and some new teams involved in that with their fan bases coming down the stretch. I think baseball's come a long way with that fact. So uh, it'll be very, very exciting, very interesting, and, uh, and so I, I think it's very good. Is there a move you saw at the trade deadline, again, any, any, any team here you want, that – that you looked at, and maybe it wasn't the, the biggest move. It didn't have to be, you know, you Darvish or Sonny Gray, but something you looked at and you're like, "That's a that's a good move. That's going to pay off," you know, in September or October. Uh, I mean, initially, I was very, very pleased with uh, Quintana coming to the Cubs. I mean, to be honest with you, they, uh, just to boost up their starting pitching, uh, a lefty, uh, young enough to uh, to be part of it uh, for some years to come. So I thought that was very good. I mean, uh, uh, Darvish, uh, with with the way that the Dodgers are as we speak in their offense, uh, you know, that's a, that's an eye opener right there. Once again, uh, it, it's about it's about getting into the playoffs. Whether you're the second wild card, the made wild card, or a division leader, just to get in there, it's it's a it's an open door for anybody to uh, to go all the way. As in the past, a, a wild card team. Uh, has won the World Series, so the biggest thing is getting through September, getting in, and then starting that tournament uh, at the first of October. Ryan, I feel like we always hear about how the game is different and the game is changing. Um, you know, you managed as recently as 2015. Do you feel like the game has changed a lot since then, even? Uh. I witnessed uh, some major changes uh, two years managing. The first one was my first year was the first year of replay. I didn't know how that was. I didn't know how that was going to work. If it was going to hold up the game, uh, if it was going to, if it was even going to work at all. But I've been very pleasantly surprised with that. Uh, 
and uh, I just I just witnessed that the the umpires and the players just want to get the call right, and whatever that is, you just move on, you just play the game, and there's no there's nothing else to talk about at the end of the game other than uh, who won the game. So I think it's very good for the fans. Um, protecting the the middle infielders has been the biggest change, I guess, since and the uh, what they've done with the slides into second base. And with the with the young talent out there, um, I mean we have we have Javi Baez and, and Ben Zobrist and Addison Russell playing the middle infield. Saw Lindor for Cleveland last year, uh, Pedroia and Boss. I mean, there's so many big time middle infielders in today's game. I I as a fan of the game, and I know I know the fans they want to see the best players out there as much as they can. So. Um, in my days of the 80s and 90s, it was the object of the runner on first base to go down there and absolutely wipe out the middle infielder, and that was a part of the game. So, you know, I've, I've adjusted to that, and I have no problem with that, along with the, uh, the, the cutting down on the collisions at home plate. You want to see the best, the best players out there on the field. So uh, to help in that regard, I, I still think it's a... Uh, I still think it's a aggressive game, uh, a competitive game, and uh, with the young players coming up today, you know, just to have them on the field as much as possible, I think that's what the fans want. Uh, I have some family members back home who will kill me if I don't ask you this, but do you have any interest in getting back into coaching or managing? Well, you know what, I'm I'm their active ambassador as we speak. Uh, last year was a life changer for me. Just having a chance to be part of the Cubs and watch what they did, but also, also have some free time um, as as when the team's on the road. So uh, you know, I really enjoyed last year. I'm doing the same thing this year. Very very content with that as we speak. Uh, but like in baseball, I guess you say never, uh, never say never. Uh, but I must say, uh, last year, the 2016 Cubs season was probably my favorite. Cubs season of of, uh, of 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 my career, and I didn't even have a chance to have an at bat or field a ground ball. But what it did for the Cub fans and everybody around me, and living here in Chicago, what it's done for the city, uh, everybody just walks around a little bit differently as I do. And uh, oftentimes, I'm sporting a World Series ring when I'm out and about <laughs> today. So it's a pretty good feeling. Can't beat the ring. And another thing that I think you can always always have bragging rights on is the Hall of Fame. I know we just went through the Hall of Fame and ceremony. You were out there. Um, you know, we've talked to people about what it's like when you're when you're getting inducted to the Hall of Fame. But, I, like, I've always kind of wondered about all the other guys who were there. Is that just, like, the most fun where you just kind of get to come and, like, hang out with all these other legends? Like, like what's it like when you're when you're just kind of one of the yeah. one of the guys out there that gets to go on stage and, and watch the whole thing? Yeah, I believe there's 73 living Hall of Famers walking around so uh, I think and I believe that there was 56 or 58 Hall of Famers there for the induction but when we go back each year we just pick up where we left off uh, we talk about the game we have some laughs uh, the guys are great and uh, you know what I just I leave I just leave very energized about the game of baseball and the history of the game just being around those guys that, that it gives me a boost of energy coming back and and then to watch the um, 
the remaining of the season uh, down the stretch and those possibilities, I think the game is about as healthy as it's ever been. Uh, but to be a member of, of, of that team and be a member of the Hall of Fame, uh, not only a great honor, but uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's the best team that I've been on, let me tell you that for sure. <laughs> hey, Ryan, that sounds like a good place to end it, man. We appreciate your time. We appreciate the work you're doing with Subway in Chicago. And uh, it was great to talk to you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Appreciate that. Don't give me a swing, I got mines and that's the thing. Blase, 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 who named Bell Don't give me your swing, I got We're back on the stew pod on Yahoo Sports. Thanks to Ryan Sandberg for joining us. Uh, thanks to Subway for sending him our way. And Chris, uh, trade deadline now is a, is a few days past. I'm wondering, not, not maybe which trade did you like the best on Monday, but which trade do you think is going to have the best long-term value? Because I feel like sometimes it's not always the big trade that has the, the best value. It's kind of sometimes like the smaller trade, um, you know, kind of the, the role player or something like that who really completes the team. Who, who's your best trade? Well, okay, so I'm going to try. I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm already stretching the rules here. But I'm going to go with both the Cubs deals uh, for Jose Quintana, which I know happened weeks ago. But then the Justin Wilson one I liked quite a bit. And I think it's because, you know, Wilson, maybe they didn't need another reliever. Um, their bullpen's actually been really strong. But I feel like it helps Joe Madden shorten up the, the rotation, some of the starters. Because behind Lester and Quintana, there's it's just not as strong as it was last season. Jake Arrieta hasn't been as, as great. Uh, Kyle Hendricks is having a good year, but it's not up to the same level as his breakout last year, and then John Lackey's been a disaster. So I almost feel like you can, if you're Joe Madden, you can rely on those first two guys, the first two games, and then in game three, maybe you have a disaster start, or you don't trust Arietta or Hendricks to get past four or five. You now have another bullpen weapon, and you can employ a bunch of those guys in one game, not totally tire out the bullpen, so I feel like that's a, a move that definitely helps them in a big way, especially in October. I don't feel like it's ever wrong to pick a, a bullpen guy as the, as the best move. Like, well, that's like you can yeah. Pick any I team, mean, they're always. Know? I feel like they always come in handy. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm going to be exactly what I said not to do though. Okay. I'm actually going to pick the biggest move because I think circumstantially it it is probably the best one. It's you Darvish. Um, the Dodgers obviously, you know. It was a dramatic deal they made there in the last last few minutes. If you haven't read uh, Jeff Passan's account of how it all went down, I recommend you do that. Um, but you know, like they, it almost didn't happen, and then it, it it did happen, and they gave up. You know, I'd say a fair amount for a guy that they only have for a couple of months. And um, if Clayton Kershaw weren't hurt, you know, maybe I wouldn't feel as 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 much of this one as being like the big one. But I think that. Uh, you know, having Kershaw being even a little bit questionable makes makes you Darvish even more important. I think the Dodgers are in a shot or in a position where they need to get over that hump. You know, like they've they've been there and done that with this having a really good team, getting to the playoffs, and finding themselves in a position where only Clayton Kershaw, you know, is the only pitcher who can win. Like they need right. somebody else. You know, and, and I think I think it said a lot that they went out and made the move and, and got the. I mean, I would say if if not the you know most desirable trade, trade chip out there, he's one A. You know, so uh, I think it's I think it's going to be beneficial for them, which doesn't necessarily mean like that you know he's going to go and throw a shutout in first game in the playoffs. But you know, I think I think he he makes their 
rotation deeper. I think he he helps them in a lot of ways that they've struggled in the past, and probably just confidence wise. You know, like and they they see that hey, we went out and got the biggest guy out there. Like let's go do this. Well, I feel like I'm not uh, I'm not an anti prospect guy, but I think more and more the last couple of years I've become more of like a um, shoot your shot, go all in if you can. Okay, Chase so, Serrano. Yeah, I know. I I definitely stole that from him, but. Yeah, no, I, I, I guess for the most part, I, I would be in favor of stuff like this. You know, they're giving up a couple prospects, but you put him with Kershaw one two. I don't, I don't know that any other team can can match that. Yeah. I, off the top of your head, can you think of anyone? Uh, not, not who is. No. No. I can't. No. No. And I guess maybe we should mention, uh, or at least I'm going to mention, Sonny Gray as. Uh, an honorable mention, just because it, you you wrote about it and I thought yeah. um, you covered it pretty well, but it's not just a move for this year; yeah, it's I, a move for next year. If, if the question that. was what's the best long term move, I would have said Sonny Gray. But I think the the, the the one that helps the most this year is is you Darvish. Sonny Gray is a great move for them in the long term. That's my yeah. distinction. Okay, uh, let's talk about a uh, guy we can never seem to escape: Pete Rose. Pete Rose had big controversy. I'll give you the quick rehash as, as quick as I can. Uh, he's he's in a he's in a lawsuit with uh, John Dowd over defamation. John Dowd said something about Pete Rose committing statutory rape, and then John Dowd now uh, produced a signed document from a woman who said that she had sexual relationship with Pete Rose when she was 15. Pete Rose says she's 16. Pete Rose admits the relationship. Uh, just said that she was 16, not 15. And this is this is kind of where I, I lie on this, Chris. And I don't know. Well, I, I, I before before you even keep going, we should okay. say that uh, the age of consent was sixteen. Yes, in the state. So yeah. that's that's important to note, okay. I guess, for this story. And so yeah, so Pete Rose sued this guy, and then like this is all coming out because Pete Rose sued him basically. Um, and the Phillies were going to honor him, I think, next week, and they canceled that, which makes sense. Um, I, I mean, I don't know, man. Pete, Mo, Pete Rose is such a martyr to some people. Like, they'll always defend him no matter what. I just don't see how they can defend him here. Like, I, I seriously got an email from somebody, like, going on about how, well, it's her word against his. Like, why are you going to believe him? And why, why are you going to believe her over him? And blah, blah, blah. And let's just throw away the character issues of Pete Rose. We're talking about a 34-year-old man admitting he was having sex with a 16-year-old girl. Right. I mean, I live in California where the age of consent is, is higher, so maybe I'm, I'm – you know, looking at this the wrong way, but either way, that's creepy. Like, that's not that's not something I'm gonna defend. Like, even if no. I'm the most staunchest Pete Rose supporter out there, it's it's still not good. So, I mean, twice her age. Like, nah, man, don't don't come at me with ah. Well, you know, let's defend Pete Rose on this one because we defend Pete Rose and everything. No, no, and I think people just need to like you can like Pete Rose and you you can think that Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. I'm not against that, but. But we gotta chill with defending Pete Rose and every single thing he does because he's done some not good stuff. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand people's willingness to bend over backwards for Pete Rose, especially on this. Um, like I, I understand how there's hero worship involved with most athletes, but then I don't know, man. Sixteen, that's just, and and and, and the problem, the thing that I see a lot is people in the comments who will of course be like. Oh, well, let's say age consent is perfectly legal, and I guess my my rebuttal would be like, uh, I get yeah, okay, fine, I guess it's legal, but 
it shouldn't be like that that's i don't know exactly that, exactly that very weird to me even if it was legal even if i mean he's not going to get punished because it's past the statute of limitations anyway right so but but don't defend him don't don't come up here riding for pete rose on that i just i i just i just can't get with that one anybody and I, I just can't do I, it i would say i think for the most part in these circumstances you hear things like uh Oh, she just wants money. She's doing it for the money. Well, there's that's not even a, a factor here. Like, yeah. she gets nothing out of it for for bringing it up now. So, I, I just I guess I, I would ask for for less victim blaming. I know we won't get that among a certain subset of people, but that's that's how I see it. Let's move from uh, Pete Rose to Donald Trump because this is fun. Why this is not, a right? Fun podcast. <laughs> why not? <laughs> so there was a story came out today that greatly amused me that said that uh, Donald Trump. Well, I mean, it's, it's been on the past, but it was kind of re- resurfaced. Donald Trump at one point tried to wanted to buy the San Francisco Giants. I don't even think that it was that he tried to buy the Giants. It was just that he wanted to, and he expressed to the owner at the time uh, that that he was interested in buying the Giants. Obviously, he didn't. This was. Uh, I tried to kind of narrow it down, you know, because it was during the time when he owned a USFL team and uh, Bob Lurie owned the Giants, so it was like like 79 to 83, thereabouts, you know, so um, not it, it wasn't, you know, a couple of years ago. But nonetheless, pretty funny, right? I mean, you know, imagine imagine Donald Trump running a running an MLB team. And you know, I made my I made my jokes and stuff. But here's the here's the here's the legitimate question that I wanted to raise. And I I mean, I made the joke in my post, but it's probably not right. Who would be the first person, if Donald Trump owned the Giants, who would be the first person he fired? Well, the, the timeline throws me off. So I'm just going to, because, you know, I'm as we'll get into later, I'm, I'm just a millennial. I don't know about the, the 70s and 80s. So here's what I would say. I would say Barry Bonds makes it like three years with the Giants, and then Trump it just, he hears about the the allegations and all that publicly fires them makes a big spectacle out of it maybe there's a fight I don't know because uh, <laughs> I, I can't imagine those two getting along all that well so I, I don't think Barry Bonds makes it uh, what was he 15 years in, in San Francisco yeah I, I give it uh, four maximum it's a good pick I mean that, that's the joke I made it's the you know it's, it's the best joke but I, I, I want to try to give it like a decent answer so Let's assume that, you know, he, he bought the team around 83 or 84, right? That's kind of our that's kind of our timeline. So we have, you know, we have some decent players back then that, that would be, uh, uh, you know, in the mix for this. You got Rob Deere, you know, struck out a lot. Uh, Bob Brindley had, had that game where he had like three errors in one inning. Right. Like yep. he, he might be my answer. Um, but then, didn't he redeem himself? He did, he did redeem himself by hitting that, that, an important home run. Was that a Homer history? Well, yeah, it was a Homer history, and that's how I know it. Was it a Rob Schneider? Yeah, Rob Schneider Homer history. Oh Good my job. god! Good job. Good what job. kind of what pod? What has this podcast become? But okay, so this this is why this is why I would go with Bob Brindley because okay. I feel like if Bob Brindley made three errors in one inning, Trump would come down on the field and yeah, and fire him right there and and take the glove and be like, I'm playing third base now, right? Like that would happen. Definitely, and yeah. uh, I'm trying to now find find when they hired Brian Sabian, which I know was years later. But like, well, ba- the answer basically is is everyone, right? I mean, everyone's <laughs> getting fired. I think no I think he would love Will Clark. Hit. I think Will Clark would be Will Clark would be his kind of guy. Okay. Um, 
Dave Drabecki. Oh, sorry, Dave. Your arm fell off. You, you got to go. Sorry. <laughs> it just, uh, I don't know. I, I would love to see if a manager could outlast uh, Anthony Scaramucci. I don't know that that would happen. <laughs> Four game losing streak, he's gone. Yeah, yeah. That'd be funny. I do think I do think Will Clark would stick around. Uh, Rick Russell. I feel like I feel like I feel like Trump would would be down with Rick Russell. Uh, Roger Craig. I mean the manager Roger Craig in, in the eighties at that point. Like he seems like a dude Trump would appoint to, you know, a, a military post or something. So I think Roger Craig might be okay. But yeah, Bob Brenly. Bob Brenly's my answer. That's true. Didn't uh, didn't he just appoint? Frank McCourt to something? No, Frank or, McCourt's wife, Jamie McCourt. Frank McCourt's wife. Yeah. Hey, but look, maybe there's an alternate history out there where the McCourts actually get involved with the Giants instead of the Dodgers. Yeah. Again, I haven't looked into the timeline, but it's it's fun to think about. Well, there's probably an alternate history where a bunch of the people that you know from WWF end up playing baseball. Yeah. With with, with Trump, so like, you know, um, I don't know. Sean Sean Michaels is the center fielder for the Giants. Yeah. <laughs> The Rock, the Rock is uh, the Rock is the left fielder they've needed all these years. It could happen. It could work. Yeah. All right. So one thing I did, one of my favorite things we did at the All Star Game, and it came out this week. We did a '90s quiz with a lot of the young guys because, uh, you know, as, as probably everybody knows at this point, Cody Bellinger admitted that he didn't know. He he knew the name Jerry Seinfeld, but didn't know why he was famous. So uh, I, I picked a bunch of the guys who were 25 years and younger, including Bellinger, and asked them. If they knew about you know X Y Z thing about the nineties, and Chris, I mean you're not you're not under twenty five, but you're substantially younger than me. I suppose. So, so I'm gonna I'm, I want I want to throw this at you and see how well you would do. Um, I will say that the people in our quiz did not do wonderfully. I, I don't know that Cody Bellinger knew anything. Corey Seager did pretty good. Uh, Michael Conforto was entertaining, but he didn't know yeah, Nirvana Conforto song. was good. He was my favorite part of the video, yeah. I think. Everybody knew American Pie. That was like the one they all seemed to get. Okay. So, Chris, you know Steve Urkel? Of course. Uh, I'm, I'm going to assume you know Pogs. Uh, yeah, I was surprised, actually, that they didn't know Pogs. I remember Pogs vividly. Can you name a Nirvana song? I can name probably Nirvana's entire catalog. Yeah. It smells like Teen Spirit, Come As You Are, I can keep going. I thought it, I thought it was... Um, Smells like teenage. Someone said that. <laughs> Michael Conforto was like, "Smells like teenage." And that yeah. what did he say? He said, uh, "I don't fever? remember." But it, yeah, it was not smells right. like teenage fever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you know the Macarena? Uh, I well, I I do. I know what it is. Do you know what it is? Yeah. yeah. I could do like the first two. I remember the first two like moves, but I don't. Know where it goes from there, and I'm really glad that everyone in the video immediately said they were not going to do it for you. <laughs> Have you ever played NBA Jam? Of course, I love NBA Jam. NBA Jam is fantastic. Uh, do you know who Pauly Shore is? I do. Yeah, I've seen Biodome. That was the hardest. And uh, what else? Do you know Encino Man? Encino Man. Weez in the Juice. Weez in the Juice. You know, I haven't. I don't know that I've seen all of Encino Man. I've definitely seen all of Biodome. I just know. We in the juice. I have no, no desire to watch those ever nah, again. I mean, you probably shouldn't. <laughs> I interviewed him once not that long ago. He was an interesting cat. Okay, I can imagine. Uh, can you name all the characters on Friends? Uh, probably. Do uh, there's, are there six? Six of them. Yeah, so Rachel, Monica, Phoebe, Ross, 
Chandler, Joey. I like how you did that strategically and made sure to do all the girls and then all the boys. Yeah, well, I thought that would be the easiest way for me yeah. to remember it in my mind. Yeah, good job. Well, you did you did pretty well in the '90s quiz, Chris. Good job. I, well, that's it's like uh, it's almost cheating because that's really that's my wheelhouse. Yeah, but what, what year were you born? If you don't mind us asking. Eighty-seven. Yeah, okay, you remember? Like, I just turned thirty. So. Oh, I thought you were more like twenty-seven. So. Nah, man. All right. Well, none of the, all of those guys were under twenty-five, so that, I guess that's where you can see where the difference is, right? Like the, the, yeah. the twenty-five to thirty but is the is the big. Some some of it did surprise me though. Like, I don't know. I I, I figured I was like my dad listened to Nirvana. Uh, my parents were pretty young, so my dad was still, like, hip at the time. And so that's why I was into it. And I thought I was into them, like, a lot younger than most kids should have been. So I'm I'm really shocked by that one, that, like, people five years younger than me had no idea. Nice. Well... That one made me mad. I was infuriated when I watched that video. Well, you know, I mean, you got to understand, man. I'm not... I People were trying to give them some crap for it, but I'm like... Especially the Michael Conforto one. I'm like, at least he tried to name a Nirvana song. Yeah. At least he didn't just say no. He, came, some... he at least like you knew that he he was aware of Nirvana and had heard yeah. it. I don't know yeah. that the other the other guys were just like I don't know. I, I don't know. Did, did anything surprise you? I, I was that? I was surprised how quickly Michael Fulmer named all the people on Friends. Yeah. Like he just he's like, duh, 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 duh. and I'm like, all right, you must have been. You must be watching some Friends reruns at night or something. Well, yeah, Friends is still on all the time, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I tweeted. I don't know if anyone watched True Detective season two, but there was that line where Velcoro's kid mentioned that Friends reruns are on all the time, and it was great. I actually didn't know that. I I only know that kid from he's on uh, he's on Fresh Off the Boat on ABC, which I oh, which I love. See, I did I didn't know that. I love yeah. that kid. That kid is just the best yeah because well as my wife jokes like the kid on fresh off the boat is basically me because all he cares about <laughs> is like old hip-hop albums and like he loves Shaq and like the orlando magic and i'm like that's pretty much what i was doing back in 1994 guys <laughs> like nice. i had I had, to, I had all those jerseys too um but yeah all right so i know you have a you have an important question you want to throw my way before we wrap this up now that i've put you on the hot spot so let's see what, right. you, what do you got chris so don't know well i know i do know that you have kids yeah and i don't know if they're gonna make you see the emoji movie but i really hope they don't my um, my oldest kid keeps saying he wants to see the emoji movie. Yeah. yeah well i think the last last time i looked it had like a nine on rotten tomatoes and so it just got me thinking out of 10 or out of 100 out of 100 oh that's not good. yeah i so what Let's let's bring in sports. Uh, what is like? What's the worst baseball movie you've ever seen? Or or I guess I mean you can make it all sports if, if that's too general. Funny, Chris, because I'm not gonna I'll spoil it for people who are listening this deep into the podcast. But next week on my open mic, I'm doing top five baseball movies of all time, including wow. my very hot take. I have a I have a very very hot take in there. So, okay. Um, is that your tease? You're not gonna tell us. You're I'm not gonna. No, I'm not gonna tell you what. It, I'm not gonna tell you what it is. Um, okay. Let's say so. Worst baseball movie. Um, so the the fan is weird, right? I'm not. I don't know if I'm gonna. I'm gonna we're kind of work through this. Okay. The, the fan. Yeah. I don't know if the fan is bad, but it's weird. Um, mm-hmm. But I kind of liked part. Like there's there's some parts that are so weird that I kind of I kind of liked them. You know. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen any of like the really like I've never seen like Fever Pitch or any of those, so I can't really ride for any of that. Okay. So, as much as it pains me, I'm gonna have to say Major League Three. Major League Three. Yeah. Is not, Major League Three is not good, bad. man. Major League Three is bad. And I and I I will ride for Major League Two. I think Major League Two is pretty good. I mean, it's not in my top five I, or anything, but I, I don't I, like Major League Two. I like it. I mean, I don't think it's great, but I I would. I would watch it. Um, you know, if I was looking for something to watch and Major League Two was on, I would at least watch part of it. I like, I like Tanaka. Um, you know, I like the the Webos thing. I like uh, Rue Baker. Um, you know, there's some there's some stuff in there. I like it's it's a little, I don't know, it, it, it predictable, but you know. But yeah, Major League Three. Major League Three is really bad, man. Major League Three is Major not League. Good. Not Major League Two is a big letdown for me. Yeah, I, but I mean, they always are. I haven't seen Trouble with the Curve. I don't know. I, I'm guessing maybe oh, you have. I have. I haven't either. I've heard that's really bad, though. Yeah. So I've for a long time now. I've wanted to like hate watch it and maybe tweet about it while I watch it. So that's. I, I feel like that would be my answer, and maybe this will motivate me to finally do that. That's I've actually that's actually a good thing. a good segment you should do. Like hate watching old baseball movies. Yeah, uh, because I've heard there's like a ridiculous pitching comp. Where they're like, this guy is Nolan Ryan mixed with Tom Seaver mixed with whoever, Randy Johnson, which <laughs> that's that's not that doesn't that's no that would never happen. So I don't know. I'm a little excited. I I, I think maybe I'll I'll finally do it. This will motivate me. I think you should. I think you should. Uh, you should do it and write about it. That's my opinion. Yeah, and and you should uh, maybe you should try and help. The Emoji Movie. If you go see it, <laughs> I don't know, see I don't if Rotten Tomatoes will accept it. I uh, I will say that of the probably the worst that I can think of non baseball sports movie. As I was thinking about this, and you probably haven't seen it. I, I only watched. I watched it because I liked I liked Damon Wayans and he was in it, and I liked the soundtrack because it had a, had a couple. I know at least had a Wu Tang song on there. I liked. You ever seen the Great White Hype? No. Or is that the right one? No, that's the wrong one. That's the wrong one. Um, the one... I got, I got confused. The Great White Hype soundtrack does have a Wu-Tang song on it. What's the, the movie where they kidnap a basketball player? Oh, yeah. Uh, Something Dam- Pride. Damon Wayans is in there, right? Yeah, I think so. I've, I've seen... I saw that once. I, I can't say I remember it. Um, what's his name from Home Alone? Daniel Stern. Daniel Stern. Yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking of. So I guess I was thinking of I was thinking of Daniel Stern, and then I went to the Great White Hype. The Great White The Great White Hype also isn't good. That's a boxing movie, if I believe correctly. Um, yeah, it's Samuel L. Jackson in a, in a, in a, in a doing kind of a Don King thing, and the okay. soundtrack the soundtrack on that is good. And then Damon Wayans, I believe, is also in that movie, and that's kind of why I got confused. But Celtic Pride is. Not good. Well, now you just have me thinking of sports movies in general. Like, not not even bad ones, but like, did you see Creed? No, I haven't. I, oh, I really want to watch Creed. that. Yeah, Creed was really good. Yeah, but the the Great White Hype soundtrack is good. The uh, the Sunset Park. I liked Sunset Park a lot. Um, I don't know if I've seen Sunset Park. It had had, dude, had the dude from Onyx was like the star, and then it had I think like Rhea Perlman maybe, and then they made the one with. Um, the one with Whoopi Goldberg, where she had to coach the Knicks. Um, like I watched all those movies as a kid, man. I think it was Eddie, right? I think that's the name of that one. Um, but I, I would also gravitate to the ones that had uh, good soundtracks too. Like I, because the soundtrack would always come out first, and then I would 
I would um, I, that would kind of get me into the movie. And uh, I, I love how you know you should have asked the '90s guys about movie soundtracks because that's yeah. like that's not a thing anymore, really. No, no. It's actually kind of interesting because Baby Driver has like a really successful soundtrack, and that was the first time I'd heard of a movie having a good soundtrack in a while that's not like a Disney movie. Guardians of the Galaxy, man. Although Did I guess technically they are now Disney. So. Oh uh, no! What's the movie with? There was that one that had the hit song, um, the Wiz Khalifa song with Imagine Dragons. Is that Guardians of the Galaxy? Or no, uh, no, that's the I other one. So. That's uh, uh, Suicide Squad. That had a good soundtrack. Uh, I was thinking of uh, the Spider-Man soundtrack from way back in the day where I'm pretty sure Nickelback did did the song for that. I want to end us on this note. So I'm looking at the Wikipedia for the Great White Hype right now. Okay. And so I was scrolling down because I wanted to see the soundtrack. So it has the cast and it has the reception and it has box office and it just says, this movie was not a box office success. (laughs) <laughs> like yeah. thanks guys. They they don't even have specifics. Huh? Just it just it just wasn't it wasn't a, it wasn't a box office success. Uh, but it had Camp Lowe on the soundtrack and Camp Lowe is fantastic. In fact, if you're listening to the to the podcast this deep, I haven't yet picked a song that I'm going to play. So I'm going to play some Camp Lowe for you guys. This has been the Stew Pod. Chris, tell them what they need to do. If you've made it this far, we appreciate it, and we hope that you will rate and review us in iTunes. It's not hard to do. You can just search for StuPod. Hopefully, you'll give us five stars. And write us a review, because we uh, would love that. We'd love to read it. Indeed, we would. Thank you guys for hanging out. We will be back. I don't know if I can promise next week, but soon? Soon. Soon. Thanks to Chris. Thanks to Ryan Sandberg. Thanks to all of you for listening. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Swing, I got mines and that's the thing. Blase, 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 who name Bell Ring? Don't give me your swing, I got mine and that's the thing.